0: Welcome to the Crossview Church message of the week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. I'm glad to be together this morning. I want to say thanks, Michelle, for that prayer that you uh, prayed for us uh, just now and uh, that sense of the Holy Spirit moving in our worship, our time in worship together, and that prayer of surrender. Uh, God, have your way with us, and he, we, we are willing to give up our control because God is a trustworthy God. Amen? And He is the one who provides so much hope for us. So, can I just invite you again to a, another moment or two of prayer before we uh, jump into our... our, uh, our message today heavenly father i just pray that i have just felt moved in my spirit this morning that you are here ministering and speaking whether you're uh that's to someone here in the room or maybe someone joining us online at their home or wherever they may be watching god would you just move powerfully in our heart and our mind this morning we trust you We honor you, and we glorify you. We surrender our lives, our will, our way to follow you. You love us deeply. You know us. You know what we need, and you are trustworthy. And so, God, we just thank you that you are our living hope. We give you praise and glory this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks. Uh, It's good to see you all this morning. We're in the fourth week of our look at the book of Colossians. And uh, I have loved this little letter, especially the way that it calls us uh, into a deeper life with Jesus and the way that it calls us to live out that faith. That's been a a wonderful thing as we've been looking week to week. Before I jump into the passage for today, uh, I just want to remind us that next week we're going to take a pause for one week in Colossians. We have a special guest, Seth Seth Van Tifflin, who's part of our larger Asia area missions team. Uh, he works uh, as a part of that group and also is doing some pretty incredible things with his own particular ministry called In Better Hands. So he's going to come and share about that uh, with us next week. I've gotten an opportunity to know Seth and, and his his wife and his family on a few of our trips over to Asia with the larger Asia team. And so just excited to have him with us next week to kind of share a little bit about about all that. And uh, so please come and hear from Seth. It's going to be great. And then the following week, we'll jump back into our last two weeks in the book of Colossians. So in Colossians, uh, so far, we have looked at a a number of things. First, we've been reminded that Jesus is the central image that we should build our lives around. The central picture uh, in the frame of our life. That he is the visible image of the invisible God. That's where we started this whole journey in Colossians. Then we talked about how Paul stressed a categorical change in thinking Uh, about God uh, from an outside presence to an inward reality. When he wrote that Christ lives in you. That his spirit is embodied in us now, and we are his representatives walking around on the earth today. How exciting that is. And the third thing we talked about last week was that the in you word is best translated as Christ lives in you all. And that we need to do our best to set aside our extreme individualism in how we think and to operate as part of one another. To think about that, to have that as an aspect of our identity. That we are the family of faith, the spiritual temple, the, the, the in which God dwells, and the body of believers. And we kind of walk through all of those metaphors that scripture talks about. I love how Colossians kind of, it seems to take us step by step further into some really important thinking shifts. One of the cool things about this letter is that it was a letter written to a beginning Christian community in this city. So on some level, it's kind of basics, right? And on some level, it's kind of... Uh, really significant thinking shifts as Paul writes this letter to this community, and so it's a really cool opportunity for us to kind of uh, have those same kind of thinking shifts, uh, hoping that we will then embody a real and authentic faith. And I think that this morning is is no different. Uh, another really important thinking shift for us as we look at the passage. But as a way into the passage today, what I'd like to do is I'd like to share a little bit about what our life has been full of lately. In a word, baseball. <laughs> I'm a, I'll just say I'm a huge baseball fan. I love everything about it. I love the sounds, the sights, I love the smells, I love the particulars of the game. I've been a Mariner fan all my life, and that has certainly increased my level of patience and suffering. Can I just say one-run games? Oh my goodness! But this year, uh, Michael has we, Michael uh, joined a, a little league team here in Snohomish. This is his first year doing it, and uh, we were all excited. But we didn't know how much of our of time that, that would take from our schedule. <laughs> but it's it's so so fun. Like this last week, we had uh, practices and games Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, And then Friday got canceled, but Saturday we were supposed to have So it's a lot Uh, But Michael's doing an incredible job. He's got some some natural talent uh, that he has But he's also learning quickly and it's really fun. I'm so proud of him But as you know, no matter how much natural talent any of the players have It's simply fun and I'll say entertaining to watch 9 to 11 year old boys try to play baseball (laughs) One of my favorite things to watch is how they act when they're learning how to play the game. So, for example, I love watching the pitchers, the boys who come to pitch, because they get up to the mound and they put their mitt behind their back and they lean forward like they're looking for the sign from the catcher. They have no idea, (laughs) right? It's really fun, but uh, you know, and then they just maybe they hope to make the pitch all the way to the catcher's mitt, right? That's that's what they hope for and they do all of this because they see the professionals do it. You know, I watch baseball games with Michael and he sees that happening and so he emulates that. Essentially, they're going through the motions, but over time what happens is incredible. Over time These boys begin to learn that these routines help do what they're intended to do. They help settle their minds, and it helps to begin, they begin to build muscle memory, which eventually leads to the right motion, which leads to the right action, and hopefully the desired outcome. The leaning forward, looking for the sign, settling yourself, taking a step, it actually has purpose, if you know that. (laughs) These getting ready to pitch routines can be actions that are meaningless. And at first for these boys, they are. They're just fun. They want to do what looks cool. Or they can be actions that help eventually actually get to the desired outcome. Really good pitching, right? (laughs) So it's the same with our spiritual life. What might seem like small basic routines or rhythms can actually lead to our desired outcome of deeply meaningful relationship with God, or not. (laughs) And I want to encourage us today because I think Colossians gives the Christian community and you and I a powerful encouragement here, and it's essentially this. Don't just go through the motions. Realize what it is that you have in Jesus and go all in. You can live a powerfully, meaningful, purpose-filled life with Christ. You can live out courageously your calling. So let me try to put it in a one-sentence kind of thing for us. Don't let your devotion to God be replaced only by simple devotions. What I mean by that is you can think of devotion as enthusiastic activity for Jesus as we become more like him. As we grow, we learn, we change, and we take action. And by devotions, I mean those few minutes a day that we spend reading and thinking about God. Now, don't hear me wrong. Devotions are good. And and we should be doing them. We should prioritize that in our life. But our spiritual life should not stop there. They should not stop at devotions. Don't be content with thinking about God for a few minutes a day only. Our devotions should lead to greater devotion or enthusiastic activity for Jesus, which is the proper outcome of spiritual practices. This is true for us as individuals and as a community. In other words, it can be easy to go through the motions, can't it? (laughs) And not have those motions lead to the right outcome, like pitchers just starting out. Eventually, they learned that these motions can help build a foundation for being a great pitcher. And the motions that we go through can build a foundation for being enthusiastic activity makers for the kingdom of God. Near the end of his life, John Wesley once famously said of the movement that he helped to found, he said this, I am not afraid that the people called Methodists should ever cease to exist in either Europe or America, but I am afraid lest they should only exist as a dead sect, having the form of religion without the power. This is undoubtedly what will be the case unless they hold fast to both the doctrine, spirit, and discipline with which they first set out. Woo! That's a powerful statement, isn't it? (laughs) Essentially, John Wesley is saying, it's no good to have the form of things without God's renewing, remaking, and transforming power. We were created for so much more. And here's where Colossians is so helpful and encouraging to us today. Because Colossians helps us realize that we have all the power that we need as individuals and as a community in Jesus. This is incredible. And this is, we'll read this and we'll kind of walk through the thinking shift for us. In the second chapter of his letter, Paul writes this, Colossians 2, starting in verse 9. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head of every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ and he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. I will never get tired of reading what Jesus has done for us. Amen. And I think we should never get tired of learning about, exploring the implications that that has for our life, our thinking, and how we interact in this world. Uh, At the end of the next chapter, Paul ends this line of thinking with this statement. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, he says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. And teach and counsel uh, each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms and and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Powerful, powerful stuff. That I can live a life of Christ empowered devotion, authentic, uh, enthusiastic action because of the truth about what Jesus has done for you and me, for everyone. That we have all that we need, the fullness of God in Jesus. We can live enthusiastic uh, action because we have all that we need. Isn't that incredible? That's a realization that I think we need to be reminded of over and over again. I want to put this in a bit of historical context. If you remember, some of the other teachers were coming into this community, and uh, they were just diminishing the importance of Jesus. We've talked about this for a couple of weeks. They were telling the Colossian community that you needed something else to really find salvation. You needed something else to really be able to live out your faith and live out this devotion. We talked briefly about how the group, this is a group called the Gnostics, were saying to people that they needed additional knowledge uh, to really find purpose and freedom and eventually salvation. So, one effect that this had on the community in general was that people began to wonder are they correct? Is there something that I'm missing? Maybe I need to wait on God to do something else before I can really step out in faith. Before I can really live out my devotion. This is what was happening as the, early, as the beginning Christian community asking these questions. Have you ever thought that? <laughs> Has that, ever, is that question ever described your spiritual life? God, I need you to do something else for me before I can live out what you've called me to. And I'm just going to wait here and see what you do right <laughs> have you ever have you ever asked that or thought that before now i know that there are times in our life where we need to pray and we need to ask god to move very specifically in our life and that's good and appropriate especially as we face crisis and struggle and difficult times that's one way that we can pray but i just want to caution us and i think that colossians does this too the danger of that is that the danger that we should avoid is thinking that God hasn't already provided for us, both in general and even in more specific ways. That we have all that we need to live out the faith that God has called us to. One author I read wrote this week, he said, For me, these are among the most extraordinarily powerful words in all of the Bible. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are made complete through your union with Christ." All the fullness lives in bodily form in Christ. This has been happening in the past and is happening now here in the present, even as you sit in these seats or as you sit at home. (laughs) Note the past tense. In Christ, you have been made complete. You have been brought to fullness. It has been done, accomplished already. Incredible. The big question for us as Christians is, are we living in this reality, or are we still waiting for something else to happen? Today's text is effectively telling us that we have all the fullness of God in our spiritual bank accounts, and God is waiting on us to write the check, spend the funds, and move in faith on the fact of his fullness being present among us right now. How powerful is that as a realization? I hope this is one of the things as as I was thinking about this, that gave me a whole bunch of confidence this week (laughs) to step out and be like, you know what? I have what I need in Jesus. Hey man, God loves you or however it is that you interact with people, right? (laughs) The fundamental shift so desperately needed in our discipleship today is the movement from what we need God to do for us to moving out in faith on what God has already done for us. Colossians 1, verse 12 says this. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. My faith in God who raised Jesus from the dead must translate into my faith in the working of God among us, around us the one who raised us from the death of our sin, who empowered us with the Spirit and calls us to a way of life. And he says, you know what? I'm going to help you along the way. I'm going to give you all that you need and I'm going to be with you. <laughs> Paul wants to make this so very clear. So he writes, we read it already in Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you, are, so you also are complete Through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. This is incredible stuff. He uses the same word here, uh, the same root word for fullness, which he applies to Jesus in the first sentence. Only this time he applies it to his readers. Paul didn't mean that the Colossian Christians, or you and I, have been elevated to the same stature as Jesus. We're not God, we're not Jesus. He used the more generic form of the word to say that just as Jesus was fully God, believers are fully complete in and through their faith in Jesus. That has incredible implications for how we live out our life or how we can live out our life. In Christ, the Colossian Christian community had all that they needed to live in the fullness of the life that God was inviting them to which was really helpful among all these other questions that were happening in this community. Do we have enough? Am I supposed to find something else? No, (laughs) you have everything you need. We're back to this consistent theme in the book of Colossians, which I'm so thankful for again because it's so very helpful for us in our day that you have in Christ all the riches, treasures, wisdom, and knowledge that we want to seek for. He says it over and over and over again. Colossian Christians, Snohomish Christians, you have access to all the treasure, riches, wisdom, and knowledge in and through the person of Jesus Christ. You don't have to go looking anywhere else for what you need because you have access to it and he's given it all to you. Praise the Lord. One commentator wrote this, "The God who came to us in the fullness of time in the person of Jesus Christ offers us today a life in full measure." The Apostle Paul in his call to the Colossians reminds them, "When you were you were buried, when you were buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God to full abundant life." Incredible. So one question that we should be asking, I think, is do we see this? Are we aware of this? Maybe this hopefully is an encouragement to, uh, to you that you, you can have confidence in what the Lord has given you and what he's given us all. Do we see this? Do we see God's uh, work in our lives and his working around the world in all his fullness, even in the midst of our community, in the midst of our church family, like we talked about last week? There are a few words that always come to my mind when I think about trying to be aware of God. Uh, Three words that I often think about are awareness, attention, and attunement. Are you aware of what God's doing? Are you attentive to it? And are you tuning in like a musician who listens for a particular instrument? (laughs) Or maybe when you listen to music, are you tuning in uh, to what the Spirit is doing in you, in our church, and around us? Developing in these areas is so important. In fact, I think it's so important that each week at our staff meetings, we start with a question that that gets at our awareness, attention, and attunement to God. Every week, we ask this question to start our meeting. Where have you seen God at work this week? And how has the Lord been speaking to your heart? The whole idea is that we are paying attention. We know we're going to come to this question each week. And so we're asking... Are we paying attention to what God is doing in our own lives, in the ministry of this church? What is God speaking to us? And let's share that together. Where are we participating in God's action in the world around us? Where are we living in the fullness of God's life here and now? Because we can, we can courageously uh, live uh, enthusiastic action because we have everything in Jesus. We don't have to wait for anything else to happen. Pretty exciting, isn't it? (laughs) So as we end our time together, how might your enthusiastic action, your devotion for God be different this coming week or in the weeks to come, being reminded this morning that you have been given life in full measure, all that you need, the fullness of God through Jesus? I think we should end with Paul's prayer for the Ephesian Christian community uh, in Ephesians 3. And if you will remember uh, Ephesian, the Ephesus, the town, is not very far away from, from Colossae, where we're talking. This is all kind of one general area. So when you, you see this scripture, it's going to be very similar to what we see in Colossians. It's because Paul was addressing some of the very same kinds of things in this whole area of the world at this time. I love it. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how high, or how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete. There's that same word in all the fullness, that same word, of life and power that comes from God. Amen. How might your confidence grow as you talk to people or go about your daily activity this week, being reminded of this truth? Hi friend, I've got all that I need. (laughs) I'm not looking for treasure anywhere else. I have all the riches, treasure, wisdom, knowledge, the fullness of life in Jesus, and you can too. However it is that you interact with people, that makes an effect. Don't be content with just thinking about God for a few minutes a day only. Our devotions should lead to a greater life of devotion. And we can have this enthusiastic activity that makes a difference because we have everything that we need in the person of Jesus Christ. For he has given us nothing less than the fullness of his kingdom. Put me in coach. I'm ready to play. (laughs) Amen. Let's pray. Worship team, come on back up. Jesus, I just want to thank you for this incredible encouragement. What a truth uh, this is for the Colossian community as they're reading it, as they're trying to figure out life with you and trying to uh, navigate all these complexities, these other questions and teachers that are coming in. And Paul so well reminds us that we have been made completely different you have, you have circumcised, torn away our sinful nature. We've died with you and have been raised to full and new life through you, Jesus Christ. And you give us everything that we need to do what you've called us to do. How encouraging. Help us live into that this week. Give us those opportunities to step out in faith. By the power of your spirit, will you just remind us that you're with us as we do that? Help us live courageously and take even risks for you. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ can make a significant difference in the lives of individuals, in the lives of our neighborhoods and our communities, our state, our country, and the world. And we want to be part of that. So help us live courageously with enthusiastic action full devotion to the one who set us free and gave us everything. We love you, Jesus. We give you praise this morning. Thank you that you are our living hope, our foundation, our rock, our savior. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Would you stand and let's sing this last song together?